Hey guys, welcome back to What Do You Make? It's been a while. And my name's Morgan Roberts, and this is a podcast that I started three or four or whatever the hell it was years ago, where I asked people, what do you make? I asked them that question, and then I made a picture of them. Uh, I talked to creatives, I talked to business owners, I talked to people, I just talked to people who... I found interesting and wanted to wanted to have a conversation with, and uh, I made thirty episodes of that podcast. And today I'm bringing it back. I'm going to make some new episodes soon. Um, it's March 2020, where you know I'm about to be really stuffed by this coronavirus outbreak. Um, Australia has just really started seriously locking things down and uh, people isolating where they can. Um, and you know what? That sucks. But this. You know, this is a the silver lining here is that we have time to make, use the internet and make podcasts and talk to each other and communicate in this way and get stuff done. And you know what? Something that I wanted to do for ages was relaunch this podcast. Today, also, um, being exactly the 17th of March, 2020, the second season of Bluey came out. Now, if you don't know Bluey uh, and you live in Australia, then you've been living under a rock because this TV show, it's a kid's TV show, it's an animated show with... Uh, a family of Blue Healer dogs and uh, the titular character, um, Bluey. It's all about her friends and her family and all their adventures, and it's great. And my friend Melanie Zanetti voices the mother, and season two just came out today. And look, what better time to bring up this old episode? This was a great chat with Mel. We talk about um, everything. We talk about voice acting, acting, writing, imposter syndrome, accents, video games, the Me Too movement. Uh, all of these great things. I think it's a really great over... You know, this chat is very far-reaching and uh, I hope you enjoy it. It's a really good It's a really good time and uh, I'm really excited to bring back some of these old episodes and make you some new ones while we're uh, stuck at home with nothing but a microphone and, and internet connection. So sit down, strap yourselves in. I've been really looking forward to doing this. So here we are. Welcome back to What Do You Make with myself, Morgan Roberts. We are on. Now on. Hooray! Hooray! Properly on. That's all right. I mean, podcasts better than me have fucked that up. <laughs> oh, good. Not mentioning any names, Will Anderson, but <laughs> all the time. Um, hey, it's Morgs here, and welcome to What Do You Make, a podcast where I ask people what they make, and then I take their picture because that's what I make. And I'm joined by Melanie Zanetti. How are you? Hello, I'm well. So, what do you make? I am an actor and a voiceover artist and an acting coach. And as I was just saying before, I had a little conniption when you said, this is about what people make. And I'm like, do I actually make anything? Yes. Do I create thing, anything at all? Am I a fraud? Why am I on this? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I had a little panic and I went, okay, no, I'm, I am a creative. So I guess I am part of a process with other people in realizing creations um, that's how I'm justifying my voice on this right now. <laughs> well, well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing because so, so much of this, like, oh, I didn't m- manufacture this, this good, this goods here, this product mm-hmm. or this object that we have this idea of, oh, I didn't physically create a thing mm. and that, uh, but, but that is such a shitty narrow way of viewing all this stuff that we actually do with our time and our energy and our creative energy and so on and so forth. And so that's kind of where I was like, well, hang on. No, this question is totally great and applicable to basically anything and anyone. Yeah. So let, yeah, that's, 
so, so okay, yeah, so we're going to remove all the judgments. So I've, basically, I've myself. you are valid and everything's fine. Okay, <laughs> I just need you like walking around with me constantly, yeah. telling me that. <laughs> so, I, hey, 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 guys, it's fine. It's fine. She's you got were this. valid. You were fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> like some kind of who is the guy in the sixth sense? <laughs> <laughs> and no one else can see me. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I'm just constantly leaning Totally, in. just like the Bruce Willis character. Yeah, Brilliant. yeah, thank you. Uh, uh, for some reason I was thinking about Nicolas Cage and I couldn't get Nicolas Cage oh, out of my wow. head. wow. Yeah, I was like... He would have been terrible in that role. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm so sad I'm dead. <laughs> Life's hard. Um, yeah, so um, that's what I make. Um, I also started delving back into writing... Um, a bit. Uh, I wrote a show years ago that toured with company, and then other things sort of took over, and so I started started a bit of the writing process again. Mm. So, which really means you have to work through the being super crap at something mm, yeah. uh, to get to a place where you're not like you're only a a, a bit crap. Um, and then moving into okay, and I think I think that's a big deterrent for a lot of people. Like, you know, I, I struggle terribly with comparison. I think a lot of artists do, and going, I should have started this when I was six years old, and mm. now I'd, then I'd be a good writer now yeah, yeah. because I started then. <laughs> like, I do that with everything. I'm like, if I'd started, you know, running or swimming or all these things, I don't actually do. Yeah, that's, lie. yeah. <laughs> and most of the things, and most of the things are things that you're not actually doing and will never really do successfully, but because you've got this idea in your head of a fuck I didn't start it then it's killing you exactly exactly so getting over that hurdle of um I should have done this 10 years ago I feel like that with particularly anything creative um and letting go of comparison and all of that I don't know if anyone listening to this has ever done the artist way book it's brilliant it really helps with this stuff if you want to like program to help you through it Mm. I've done the book like twice and, uh, yeah, helpful. Uh, so, yeah, just dealing with the, okay, everything is about how much time you decide to invest in something. Mm. Um, and I have been investing time other places creatively. And so having to, like, go, no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> this is just not where you put your time at this point in time. So, Well, I mean, I, and the other – I mean, the thing is that all those other things, all those other endeavors that you're putting that creative time into, I mean, like they inform this writing. And totally. So it's kind of like, it's not like you're starting anything from square one. Like This is very never start, true. Like we're never going to start anything from square one again, ever. Yeah. And we're I think, always bringing prior I think experience. especially if you're, you're in other creative mediums, it's always like, I, I read so many, especially from America, so many pilot scripts like at least one a week. Mm. Um, and you get a really good sense of of structure and form and all of that just from, from reading it so much. You also see how much more the Americans put time and energy and money into their product compared to Australia, which breaks my heart because we have so many brilliant artists here. It's just the investment in time and money in our product. Something that occurred to me just then is that little um, uh, someone um – on the internet somewhere in in a group chat. Oh yeah, uh, someone posted a link which was like, oh look, um, uh, the guy who took over the new Han Solo film, uh, uh, Ron Howard, just like reshot a million things. 
from that film because wow. these two other dudes were dropped or left or whatever. And like, and that whole thing of, oh, what a waste. It's like, no, no. I mean, that is just, that is just what it is, that is by the by. That is part of the beast. That's and part of throwing make it away. So much money yeah. with it. <laughs> um, it. It actually doesn't matter, but it's, it's, um, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw that Kevin Spacey's just been replaced. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a, and I saw the trailer of that. And I, firstly, I thought he looked amazing in it. Hmm. Um, and with all of the stuff that's come up about the sexual abuse and all of that, I, I've, I've been left thinking about that a bit. Going, how do we, like, how do we deal with his body of work? Hmm. Do we just dismiss? Like, I know we've gone totally on no, another tangent no, here. No, this here, is but, great. This is um, great. That's the working just, title of this podcast. Yeah, um, that's probably a joke that I've not. You know, this is not the first, probably not the first time I've made right, that joke. Yeah, thanks, Morgs. Yeah, fucking <laughs> shut up. All right. <laughs> but like, I, I feel very conflicted about, like, obviously his behaviour is being disgusting, and from you know other people I've talked to who have been more in that industry in LA and Hollywood, you know, the indiscretions that have come out are not <laughs> the only ones by any stretch of the no, imagination, right. by the sounds of it. Um, but what do you, what do you do? Like, do we just Never watch anything he was in ever again. I, I think probably the choices they're making are right of of pulling him from this film. Just and, cut up, yeah. And I I applaud it, and I think it's really exciting that you know behavior is having consequences, real, totally monetary, career affecting consequences. And I think that's amazing. It's just yeah, it's interesting and pro- problematic with going, okay, there's all these incredible movies and then I think, what about all the other actors in the film? You know, do we not watch these films because of him and then, you know, discarding everyone else's work? It's mm. it's tricky. Although I did see a great um, tweet um, someone posted today going, if, you know, if you're feeling heartbroken that all these people you admire are, you know, getting all these sexual harassment charges, maybe start admiring some women. Uh, <laughs> That's and so I just good. Thought, well, spot on. Yeah. Maybe you know, <clears throat> widen that net as mm. to to who's mm. worthy of your admiration. Yeah, all all that stuff that I like. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like better stuff. Basically, yeah. 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 That's so a good tweet. It's That's a, a really. Um, it's, it's, I mean, it's a, more than a tweet, of course. But yes, it's an interesting time. I um, think the, we're in right now. I've never found a point where I'm happy with where I sit on that issue. Like it's, no, it's so either. full of, of um, like it's so about context and it's so, you know, and, and at its base level, it's also very hard. Like you, you can't help yourself going, oh, well, you know, putting putting those um, horrible transgressions on a scale of, you know, worse than or whatever. And it's kind of like, oh, you know, um, like, you know, this morning uh, or it was yesterday evening, uh, you know, Louis C.K., stuff you know came out that yeah you know, he's he you know has done some horrible stuff too but it's just kind of like where <clears throat> and it also i guess depends on how much of that work you've already been invested in without knowing that stuff so oh, yeah yep. i'm not sure you can always separate it but i think sometimes you can and i don't think it's necessarily an easy thing to navigate or something that there's a blanket answer to mm, i don't think there yeah. is but what you were saying on the scale of indiscretions, um, Emma Thompson made a great comment when she was talking yeah. about just the malignant culture and the toxic masculinity and all of that kind of thing. And uh, someone asked her, do you think there's people in the industry as bad as Harvey Weinstein with you mm. know, the number of people? And she said, well, well, does it matter if it mm. was 40 people or if it was one person? Mm. 
does it matter? I would say no. Mm. I would say it, it's shit mm. anyway. So, I mean, the industry fostered that. So whether the industry fostered that once or 40 times, it's still the industry that fostered that. Exactly. And I would argue that, that Hollywood mm. is just a microcosm of greater society. And I would say that it's uh, – uh, at, it, yes. at its successes. At its, exactly. Mm. Um, but it is everywhere. Mm. It's just these people have a lot of power. Mm. So I guess that's where the excess mm. comes in, mm. power and money um, <laughs> and access. Yeah. Um, as well. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, well, it's, it's all coming out mm. <laughs> and I think that's a positive thing and, you know, no change without a fire. That's really. right. That's right. Um, that was so like, and I love how, I love how even before we started recording and then, and then also started recording. I don't know if you guys have figured this out yet, but yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, we had a tofop moment, but, uh, there's a great obscure podcast reference that two people will get, but we were having a chat before we started that was like, oh, this is great and uh, this is basically what we'll talk about, but also I'm so excited to just like follow the conversation down rabbit holes and it, you know, I, I had ba- maybe assumed that we this topic would come up at some point. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind of around <laughs> here at the it moment. is now, like <laughs> fucking straight up with ten yeah. minutes into the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is this is the the industry that I work in, and mm. you know, a lot of, like this stuff. This matters to me. Mm. This matters, but I think it matters not just if if you're working within this industry. I totally. think on a, on a global scale, this is an. In, important time that's happening right now and and Mm. it's and it's interesting because a lot of people are coming out not just who are in the acting world but music other entertainment with sports people and someone's just come out saying that one of the guys who's running for congress a republican um sexually abused her when she was 14 and then at 32 so i think it's it's giving a voice Mm. to people Mm. um yeah yeah, so, um, <laughs> so that's that, that little tangent. <laughs> yeah, no, but that's great. I mean, that's not great, but yes, it's great that it's coming. It's great that it's being talked about and things are actually happening. Um, I I had no idea you were even in the country <laughs> when, when I asked you, which is, you know, I very quickly got on, got on the text and said, oh, hey, Let's record a podcast. How long are you here? Uh, assuming that you were this, you know, waif just coming. Like you were in here for like twenty four hours. Oh, fucking come home and see family. Do this thing. I was on the Gold Coast, and, show, and then I'm back to LA. You know, and then I, you know, greet it's you on my so driveway today. It's like, sorry, I'm late, but this thing came up from LA, and it's like, oh, of course, well, I fucking yeah. did. <laughs> that sounds exciting, but it just means like there is zero stability in my life, yeah. and something can pop up at any time, and then. Something Suddenly, my everything I've planned is just thrown out the window, yeah, and totally. and that is something that like I've been dealing with. So I've been back since about I think in April, and um, I got back, and then I did a bit on a feature and um, a couple of shorts, and then I was cast in a new TV series with kind of kids, teen fantasy, um, which has been a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and Looks awesome. Yeah, it's going to be great. I have I have prosthetic elf ears, so like bucket list tick <laughs> right there. Very exciting. The guy who did them worked on Lord of Rings, so they're beautiful. Yeah, I was about to um, say, Weta, right? Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah, yeah. so um, very very exciting. Uh, and now I'm working on a cartoon, voicing a character in it, f- 
um, a little cartoon called Bluey, mm. which Ludo Studios is doing, which is very exciting. It's already been bought by the ABC and the BBC. So that'll be, uh, I think, out next year. I think it's moving really, really quickly. Mm. Um, but it's gorgeous. And the ana- it's based a lot on the animator's experience uh, with his two little daughters. Mm. So he, he's done a lot of stay-home dad stuff because he's an animator and can work from home. And so it's really hilarious. And the two little uh, – it's a family of cat or dogs, so I'm playing the mum. Uh, my first mum role and dog role, actually. So <laughs> a lot of new territory for me. Um, and, uh, yeah, the two little dogs are being played by his actual kids. So they're, I think, three and five. So it is so gorgeous and hilarious. And, and a lot of the stuff is verbatim then slightly changed because they're dogs. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. So it's, it's gorgeous. But what's really lovely is this beautiful example of a father playing with his little daughters mm. and the relationship there and uh, the negotiation with the difference in ages and what, what the different needs. But um, I think it's a really incredible example for dads. Mm. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about it. It's, it's going to be a really great project. When did you start doing voiceover work? Um, I started, this is my first cartoon voiceover work but I've been doing voiceover work for a couple of years now it's one of those things you've got to really decide okay I'm going for this because it's a tight market people use the same like I'm sure anyone who's listened to the radio you're hearing the same voices over and over and over again that's right that's right um because you know time is money and if you know there's someone that it can just get in the booth and nail it they're just going to mm. call that person back yeah, especially yeah. if they enjoy their voice and that's like with so many things but so, so many things but i do know i do understand like from my limited understanding of how that works like that process is so it like you've got 5 minutes like it needs to just be done 5 well, minutes it's, ago it's it's quick it's yeah. really quick um and like i did one for the the election that's coming up uh, a few days ago and they're like, yeah, this has to be out in like two hours. <laughs> um, and I just happened to be in town because it was, they were getting the same voices back and they were just filling in and changing a few things. And I'm yeah. like, uh, very well may not have been here guys. Like this is, this yeah. is the lucky time you I, have. I was working on a, I was working on a, a little project um, earlier this year with a company and um, one of the content directors actually got a, got a call while we were doing this other thing for this other thing. Um, uh, and was like, oh, we've got this in doing like a dry, like a, a run of a, like doing a quick run of, of this, of this copy. Um, and they were like making decisions like then and there, they're like, oh, can you re-record it and try it this way instead? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, like bang. And they literally got a call like two minutes later, like we're working on something else. And then she got a call a couple of minutes later. It was like, bang, try this, do this. And it was just like, wow. Like literally seeing how this works inside. Oh, it's so how fast it works so and quick. how exactly targeted it needed to be for a specific thing. It was so, yeah, it was amazing to see how that works. Absolutely, and it's like anything; it's like a muscle. You get mm. better and better and quicker and quicker. Um, and it's and then sometimes um, the the client because you'll be working with the agency, the advertising agency, and then the client. So mm. the agency, they're always cool, and then <laughs> oh, the agency is always cool, <laughs> always awesome. <Yeah. laughs> and then then you know sometimes you get. 
totally rad clients and they're like, yeah, that's awesome. That sounds great. And then they'll be like, I don't know about this word. I don't know if this word is quite the tone we're looking for. I had this <laughs> one and they were talking with she would do an American and not American. <laughs> and they're like, no, we want sort of American because yeah. Yeah, yeah. we have American and Australian clients. And they were trying, they were just trying to please way too many people. And Ending up with this muddy, muddy thing. Oh, yeah. God. This is a throwback to the episode uh, where, where, that I had with Sean Dowling, um, a friend of mine who does graphic design oh, yeah. and other stuff. And and uh, But we had a similar conversation. But, like, it also reminds me of that whole, like, that, that there's, a you know, graphic design memes and pages of, you know, client, um, client uh, you know, communication. And it's just like, can it be a bit more white? And, yes. you know, you're like... It's already two five five white. <laughs> it can't be more yeah, white. Can it be than more that. white? Um, like, how do I do that with my voice? Literally more. <laughs> it's like this is already it. Send it back. Yeah, no, that's great. Didn't change it. Yeah, yeah, yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh my goodness! Or you start somewhere and you go on this whole journey and you go right back to the start and they're like, you know what? I think that's what we're looking for. Yeah, like, <laughs> that was my first instinct, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> But there's sometimes there is just so many fingers in the pie of people with needs and desires, and you you see that you know in commercial television, mm. both here in the states, they're like, oh no, I want it to be a bit this, and we want to appeal to everyone, and so let's water it down so it's this lukewarm sort of kind of thing that appeals to everyone but no one. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like have you seen have you seen that episode of Black Books where they get really drunk and write the kids' book? No. Oh, it's great. It's there. a great episode. Like I, I just highly recommend anyone check that out. I don't want to retell the story now. I'll fuck it up. But yes, please continue. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas, you know, we're in this new world with Netflix and HBO where they're not um, they don't have to bow to producers. At, they get to make what they want to make. So we're seeing this much more exciting individual unmessed with stuff. Um, and some of it hits and some of it doesn't, but it's original mm. or it's, you know, or it's at least the vision of the creators. And I think that's just such a better way um to be creating rather than trying – like never create something trying to appeal to someone. That is like the recipe for disaster. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I, I think it's exci- – like we're in the golden age of television, obviously. Totally. There is so much to watch. I, I can't – like I have not turned on Netflix for months because I can't – I can't afford to start something because mm. then you're in the hole. Mm. Then there is no escape. Then mm. I am like I am not doing my work. Um, mm-hmm. So there's like I'm gonna have to wait till holidays because that is that is dangerous. I uh, had a I had a, a part time office job this year for about six months, and um, the Game of Thrones conversation was so strong that I had to go and I had stopped watching it after season three. Oh really? Yeah. Was, was that by choice? Uh well, because iTunes were no, because because Fox were shitty and were like, oh, we're not releasing it on iTunes until the whole thing's aired. So it used, they used to not do that. And then right. I was just like, fine, I, I'm just not going to bother watching it. And I, you know, I'm sure they cared, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my voice was heard, Hit everybody. Them with an iron <laughs> fist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They really missed my fucking $32. Yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, but then what, but then, you know, it, the, 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 the call was so strong because it was great, just universal 
water cooler conversation. Absolutely. It and is the so, uniting show. Uh, just so before binged, we go any yeah. further, I have not watched this series. No, that's I have okay. not had time. Um, <laughs> so no spoilers. No. Anyone. No, or just you because you're the only one in the room. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. Guys, spoil <laughs> um, so I binged season four to six and then oh my seven God. finished and I You're binged You're a hero. I bi- so I, in about two months, I binged four seasons of Game of Thrones. It was good. Wow. Emma even watched a bit, bit of bits of it with me after only having ever watched season one. And she, she was Whoa. like, who's that? And I was like, oh, yeah, they were fucking that person and they killed this person's dad. And she's like, oh, yeah. It's so, it's so wow. <laughs> when you reduce wow. it down to that, you're like, really? oh, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> that's it's why it's such base, really. Yeah, that's why it's such a good water cooler conversation. <laughs> it's literally dealing with fucking and dying. Yeah. With a big budget. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so but yes, there is so much. I mean, what stuff have you been working on with TV? Um, with TV stuff, because how many times have you gone over to do pilot season now? Um, I think it's three. Well, sort of three and a half now. Um, so the first year was kind of just a bit of a reconnaissance, going, "What is this place?" type mm. thing, and then um, the second year I went over, I booked um, a film with HBO, which was part of Project Greenlight. Um, a series that Matt Damon and Ben Affleck ran about getting a new director filming a first-time film, and I was in that film. And then I went back over the following year, and I was what's called pinned. So it means that there's two or three people they're looking at for a role. Hmm. And I was pinned for a Marvel series for two months, which I didn't end up getting, which was heartbreaking. But then I saw it, and it is like the least good Marvel on Netflix. So I was like, it was Iron Fist, by the way. I was about to Uh ask... I think you're talking about Iron Fist. Oh, and I was like, okay, I'm way <laughs> less disappointed yeah. now. <laughs> the show that I – like the amount of – that is a meme. That is a meme that we perpetually – like me and all my nerd friends on the internet perpetually cannot finish watching it. I just, I, it's just I'm, dull. I'm just astounded that like are they the same writers as say Daredevil? Yeah. Did, have you seen yeah, both seasons? Daredevil is oh, great. great. It's yeah. great. Yeah. Such good writing. There's like um, – I, that's one reason I do watch Netflix a lot because I have um, students who I, I teach screen and do self-tapes and things like that with. Um, I'm always looking for good material. Um, and that was a show that I pil- pulled a, a couple of great monologues and a great scene from. And I was like, wow, this is this is legit great writing. Mm. And then you see Iron Fist and you're like, wow, you guys, what is, what is happening? Mm. Who is writing this? Mm. Um, so yeah, that was less disappointing than it could have been. Actually, th- so that was last. Even year. though I, I really like David Wenham, I just think oh, he's great. So do I. He's a sweetie. He's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, he's he's hard not to love. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that ha- I had a year last year of of just coming second for projects, um, which can be like it's completely heartbreaking. Um, but at the same time, it means there's nothing else you can be doing. It means the work's good. You're doing your side of the things. You are just not right. You are just not the ingredient that they need for this particular project, um, which is is both great because, you know, you're doing the work and it's getting where it needs to be, but also like, you're like when am I going to be the right <laughs> ingredient? Like I'm, I'm 5'1", so height and looking old enough has been – an issue, although last year really aged me, so I think that's helped. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, uh, no. So, so 
it was I don't know about anyone else, but 2016 was a tough one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It always seems that every like you know every year the, in the new year there'll be a fuck ex- yeah, like previous year. Although post. I don't I don't feel like that about this year. I <laughs> no. feel like this year's been quite fruitful. Um, a lot of famous people who were great died last year. They, it was, it was kind of more it was in the than like. More than, More than usual. Seriously, like Bowie and Prince in the same year. Mm. Like that. That's there was a lot of people. Carrie Fisher, Aaron, Alan Rickman. Um, ah, yes. Yeah, so was, soon. That January, February, March was I just know. like bang, bang, it was, bang. It was horrific. Mm. Um, so yeah, I was I was glad to see. <laughs> the was end ca- of that and now it's oh, now I've forgotten. Now I'm sorry. It was was Carrie Fisher earlier this year? Actually, it's, it's no, all no, no, no. She was late last year. She was late last year. It was it was the year of of taking mm. you know brilliant souls and her mother. Mm. Mm. Uh, yes, yes. Yeah, along um, with so many other people. Uh, yeah, so that was, <laughs> it was 2016. Um, but it was weird. At the start of that year, this is, I, I, I don't know how much prevalence you put in dreams, but sometimes I have kind of uh, weirdly accurate dreams. I had this dream in about March when I was heading back um, in a few months to mm. Australia that I had this baby and I didn't know what to call it. And this name, which I had never heard ever before, came to me, Millicent. And the baby looked at me and said, yes, yes, yes. And in my head I was like, I don't even like that name. Why? And I couldn't think of any other name. The baby looked at me and kept saying yes. So I woke up and I looked up what Millicent means. And it means hard work. Mm. And I was like, oh, God, I know what the rest of this year is going to be. And it really was a a ploughing time, Mm. whereas I feel like this year has been in a lot of ways, more of a harvest. And, and I feel like um, a lot with work, sometimes you feel like you're putting in, putting in, putting in with just with no avail and then suddenly you, you come into a time when you're reaping. I don't know if, if you've felt similar mm. in, yeah. in your work. <clears throat> yeah, it, it, and it can be very – it can be simultaneous. Yes, Oh, absolutely. No, I had um, – I, I got this cartoon but also in the same week, three things I was down to the final few or final two I didn't get. So um, it really, yeah, swings and roundabouts. Hey? But then you just go and sit down and watch a mind fist and it's all fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. Oh, it's so – You know what? It's, it's like, all okay. It was fine. It was fine, guys. Anyway. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but, but it was um, – when when was the and when was the first time you went like when you finally said like let's just fucking give this a go because I know you'd basically in Australia like I'd seen you in a couple of theater shows like when we were first introduced and yeah then- well look it was very theater heavy when I left uni um, and then I sort of had to decide to start turning theater down so I was free for film and for me it was never like oh, I'm just going to give this LA thing a go I'd never even thought of LA hmm. I'd never even that's always kind of been it for me like I I was never going to do this I always thought oh acting's for very beautiful and very deluded people and I'm neither of those so I'm going to go do something really responsible and so I went and did a um uh creative industries journalism degree which graded on my soul and then I deferred from that and what did you learn though um I learned that I hated it 
and that I was trying to be sensible. Anyway, so my parents sent me down. They're like, you really loved acting. You can do anything later. You should do this now. And I was like, that's very irresponsible. And then I cried because they were right. And then there was one course le- left open. It was right near the end of the year. And I, I went and did that. And then the rest is history. So it's been interesting for me. So from day dot anything, I was like, I'm just so grateful. I'm so grateful that like this is happening and blah, 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 blah. Until I finally got to the point where I was like, oh, no, you work really hard. And maybe you're not terrible at this. And maybe it's not just like everything isn't just this amazing gift that you're given. Maybe, you know, there's actually be some work towards it. So that was, that was a slight shift I had to get to. But I never thought about LA at all. Um, my agents here rang me up and said, you have, a, you have an LA manager if you want one. Um, they'd seen – they had a, a, a client who was with my agent and they'd seen my work and they wanted to sign me. And so I was like, okay, let's do that. And then uh, – And then you got on a plane. Well, then I um, then I had a year where I, I just kind of self-taped from here. Mm. And then they're like, we've organized a visa for you. Do you want that? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll have a visa. <laughs> like when I tell other people this, they want to kill me. Yeah. Um, because yeah, this yeah, totally. O-1s are so difficult to get. But um, they'd organized a deal memo for me and – uh, got people on board and I got my life's work together and had to send it to get, be processed. Uh, it's a lot of work, everyone, if you ever want to get a no one. Um, mm. I've just had it renewed and have to go through that again. Um, and so I got on a plane and, and did a few weeks there and then kind of found my feet. And I had another amazing situation with a director I'd worked with before who was American, but we worked in Malaysia together. Um, he had a place there that he's only there half the time because he lives in Singapore. He's like, oh, well, if you want to be there during pilot season, you can have my room for 100 bucks a week, which is also unheard of in LA. Mm, mm. Um, so just all these sort of things aligned um, in a very organic way. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of what started my LA journey. But it was never it was never a now I'm going to give this a go and make this work. It was just – it just happened and opened up, so I guess that's where I went because that was the obvious path. Yeah, totally. Uh, which, what was the first thing that came to fruition over there? Um, that was the uh, Project Greenlight with yeah. HBO. So yeah. that was um, in 2015. So that was the second year, kind of my first real year there, which was great. But the problem is it sets this then precedent because like people go over years and years and not book anything. Mm. Um, so then all of a sudden, and then the following year I was pinned for something. And then I was over for just for a couple of months this year and then was coming back for a project and then um, booked a few other things. So it's, but it's always, you're living your, you have to, work out how to deal with the instability of your life and the never knowing. And when I was younger, I used to like really ride that roller coaster of going, oh my God, this is working out. This is great. And then, oh my God, everything's awful. And, and it's too emotionally taxing. And that's why, you know, there was recently, um, the union Mia did a survey on, um, mental health within the arts and it's horrific for obvious reasons. And it's about learning to how do you get to a place where you're centered and also how do you separate separate yourself, you from the person, from you, from the business product actor. And I think that's also really important. What are you interested in and what do you love and who do you love and what makes your life rich that's outside of acting because mm. if that's your whole life and that was part of like developing the other strings for me and like last year was the first year I'd ever really taught before and it was more out of 
um, a friend of mine runs an acting studio and he was going to LA and asked if I could take over his students while he was away. And at first I was like, oh my God, I've never done this. I don't really know if I'm qualified, blah, blah, blah. And then doubt, 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 so much doubt, doubt so much doubt, self-doubt. Doubt, I've never doubt, done this before. Doubt. This is scary. And then it was so scary that I knew. Well, They're not obviously. even my students. I'm not a real teacher. I'm not this a real teacher. This is not teacher. even a real place. Exactly. They're not even real students. Fuck. <laughs> ah. All of the above. <laughs> um, until I get to a place there, I was like, when I was in there and actually doing it, going, oh, this is actually just a diagnosis. This is seeing what this particular individual needs. And I was shocked at how clear it was. And now I, I sometimes like I just have to not get outside and get in my head because sometimes I'll be cre- creating exercises on the fly that I think the student needs to get a particular thing out of them. And then I step outside and I'm like, what are you doing? This isn't a tried and proved exercise. This is something you're making up. Does this work? You're not a teacher. How can you make this thing? And then I, I all the self-doubt, even, even though intuitively. Rinse and repeat. It just comes back. Yeah. Intuitively. Yeah. Um, I knew that that's what this particular person needed. So going with that and not getting too cerebral about it all and stuck in your head. Like I remember um, I was in America and at, a friend of a friend had invited me in two hours outside LA. There was this kind of cowboy ranch in Santa Paula. And, uh, <laughs> that's so great. Uh, it, it is. It's amazing. They're also a recording studio. They have folk mu- musicians from around America come and like visit and record. And then they have this concert. And there was this woman there and she did soft shoe tapping. She just came because there was these Irish musicians, uh, soft shoe, and, a, and she had a board. And it was incredible to watch. It was amazing. And, but one thing she said is you can't think about it. As soon as you think about it, you're screwed. As soon as you start intellectualizing it and get outside your body, you're done. I've had I, – when I used to play, I – you know, back in high school and stuff and, and first year uni, um, I had times when I would be, you know, performing and be playing the clarinet midway through a fucking concerto and I would just start thinking about what I was going to do when I got home. <gasps> yeah. And it was so fucking amazing. Yeah. Because there it was it was like this it's like where and I don't even know it's something that you should strive for and I feel like it's something <laughs> that you you know if you tried for striving for it it would just not work. Yeah. It's just this thing that happens where you're suddenly like I'm just doing this you like i, I know think this. you're just completely inside it yeah like i know doing stage work the times that i've come off stage and going oh my god i can't remember it i can't remember anything i just did yeah because you were so inside each moment you weren't outside analyzing it and then i'm terrified i'm like did i miss things blah 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 and they're always the performances that have taken off and flown mm. because yeah it's not having that outside analyzing and critic you know the the camera outside going how is this going what's happening are you good enough <laughs> or, or going oh that was a good moment and then you're like oh god i have to pull myself like you know it's it's a constant back and forth having to pull yourself back into it totally it's it's i mean and i'm not a performer or an actor but i understand that that concept of um no, we, we have to keep this pressure on. And I understand that, you know, in terms of methods of actor training and teaching and, and generally in performance and art, you know, just, you know, all around the fucking place, 
there's that if we keep the pressure on, we keep the pressure on here, we keep pushing ourselves, we keep doing this, we mm. don't give ourselves that opportunity to stand back and go, Oh no, it's fucked. I'm yeah. I'm not I'm not meant to be here. Well I don't know if I describe it. If you take as, yourself out of the fire. As pressure, but it's about being fully present in every single moment. Mm. Um and I guess that is a type of pressure mm. in a way mm. uh, of looking at it. But um I guess that can be transferred to life as well being fully like and no one is fully present and there in every moment but it's it's a great thing to be to be striving for to be fully there and fully showing up and in a place of gratitude even when it's like even when stuff is is really awful and not going your way you know we're still alive Mm. like and that's like super privilege mm. like it really is and and i think even being in a situation where you're someone who can be a creative like let's be real being a creative particularly in like the acting world it's a it's a privileged world we get to create we get to be other people and a lot of people who are able to do this like of, often come from a lot of wealth like my family doesn't but my parents have supported me in other ways in times so they've let me come back and stay with them when I've needed in, in between countries and thing and places and things like that. Um, but no one does it by themselves. And I think owning what, what your stuff is that's helped you. I don't know if you've read uh, Malcolm Gladwell's outliers. Um, brilliant book. I'll put it on the list. Um, about what makes a su- successful person. Mm. And um, some of them are like the obvious things, you know, being born at a certain time in certain situations and all of that kind of thing. And then, you know, you're 10,000 hours making a professional and all of that kind of thing. But then there's other things that are so out of your control. Like they were talking about um, hockey in Canada and the people who became the big stars. They were all born from January to March. And that's because of the way it was oh. broken up. So they would they would start – um, from like halfway through the year so and they'd start really young. So the kids who were best when they were like six were just the kids who were bigger, who were the kids who were born earlier. And they're the ones who go up and get nurtured quicker and then the follow-on effect means that they're the ones who end up in the big league. Because it's literally seasonal. It's literally seasonal. <clears throat> so just things like that, you start going, okay, there are so many things that affect how successful people are. And, you know... Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, they're born like months apart mm. and at a certain time where there was a clock over with something with computers and coding, they were at the right place at the right time in history with the right types of support even though they came from, you know, different socioeconomic situations and all of that. They just there's, – there's an alchemy of things. Mm. And then on top of that, there is how much effort and work you put into it. Totally. So it's – um yeah. Yeah, it's just about, I think it's interesting. Like, firstly, knowing that even being a creative, you're privileged. Yeah, like it's, 100%. It, it really is, you know, acknowledging and, that. And if you're not, then I think that you're doing your work a disservice because you're because then you can't actually I – like, I feel like if you keep saying, yes, this is all me, then – Well, it's a lie. Then you firstly. can't actually grow. <laughs> I yeah. agree. Yeah. I agree. And also realizing, you know, and I guess that's why there's efforts to put in 
um, creating programs for people who don't have that opportunity, like not just for them, but also for us as as a nation and the world, we're missing out on voices. Mm, totally. Um, we're hearing from, you know, certain voices because they seem they're the ones who have the power and the money and the place to do this. Mm. And a lot of those voices have been white cis males. Yeah. And that is slowly changing. Um but like we all miss out when that happens. Hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't know how we got into this. No, that's great. <laughs> and we're going to take a break and make a picture. We'll be right back. Awesome. Okay, so we're back. Um, I wanted to talk more about voice acting. Yes. Yeah. So do you have any favorites like in terms of, I mean, you must be getting pretty good at being, well, like, getting rid of that Australian accent. Well, yes. Yes, that that Australian accent is uh, is not really wanted <laughs> in a lot. Like not what I'm doing um, recording at the moment. It, Australian is perfect for this little family of Australian cattle dogs. Yeah. Um, but with like you know the American. Well, usually the stuff that that I need to do is just a general American, yeah. and then a you know you say a general English, but there is not a general English. What's your general English? Um. Oh, God. Look, it actually varies. You need a script? It varies. Scripts really help. Writing of, of any type helps. Actually, I have a script in my bag <laughs> um, that I actually don't know now that I can read because you it's a project that, that hasn't been. I'll just grab something from yet. my shelf. Hang on. Um, I'll find something completely unrelated. No, my, my general English changes uh, depending on the character. If they're like. Um, if they're high-born and high-class and they're a princess or it's some sort of fantasy thing, they sit a bit more like here um, and they've got a bit more of a posh sound like this. And, um, uh, yes, they're... Um, That's the hardest bit to get, um, those little... Really? That, the that, vowel, sort of, that vowel, that way yes. that they close that... Like when, 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 I, when we watch those lifestyle shows and they talk about books. 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 Uh, uh, yes, uh, well, it, de- uh, it depends. It's so, it, it's fucking so weird. much easier. <laughs> honestly, it's so much easier doing English for Americans because they've got no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so like this, and they don't understand. They're like, "What's that?" Uh, they, they don't, they're like, "Oh, that sounds English." I'm like, "I've got no idea where I'm from." Yeah, you're like, <laughs> um, yeah. but then you come up I, I like did, this, um, and you say, "Hey, we could do this one as well," and they say, "Oh, that's a great English accent you've like, got." <laughs> they don't think that's English, guys. I really don't think that's English. Um, You've got a bit of a problem there. A little bit, a little bit, yes, a uh, wee bit. Um, <laughs> now no, we're with, phasing across. With my as well. English, we're being equally as bad. <laughs> <laughs> with my English, I um, I watched a lot of the BBC Pride and Prejudice when I was younger. Yeah, so, so good. That's um, that's made it easier for me. That's so good. Um, and then of course when you're a bit rougher, and you're somewhere um, a bit more. That's your my fair bit. lady. One, yeah, a little bit Cockney, but no one actually speaks with Cockney, so it's a bit more called estuary, which is a bit of blend of stuff, right? Right? Yeah. Um, but if I have to get specific... With no um, T's. With no T's. Unless the word starts with a T. <laughs> um, Maybe. And even then. Yes, but then, like, it's... it's what, does, what do they say? You know, never go full retard. It's also... Sometimes don't go full <laughs> accent, because if you go full, like, proper Cockney, no one can understand you. Like, yeah. um, uh, that scouser sound... Uh, look, I've got quite a good ear, but I actually have to have someone being specific with the accent. But often with like American auditions, they'll say Eastern European, 
like it's all the same. <laughs> it's all the same. It's all it, just the same. Because it is the same to so uh, many of them. To so, like, well, to the American. This is the thing with Americans because they don't have to do accents very often. Mm. Um, they're not particularly good at them necessarily. Like, uh, whereas Australians, comrade, are, it was very hard in the war. <laughs> we are just generally these cold, <laughs> oppressed people, and we drink some kind of spirit. There's and a lot of generalizations <laughs> that go on. Um, <laughs> We all wear scarves on our face. <laughs> it's just, we've been, it's very hard life. It's very hard. But Australians are great because we have to. Yeah, yeah. We have, no right. one wants to hear the Australian, like I don't have a particularly broad Australian no, accent. No, you don't. So, I don't either. Anyway. Some people think that I am, they're like, oh, so where are you from? I'm like. Oh, do you get that too? I get that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Because my but, parents, and talking about, you know, going back to a previous chat about, our, you know, our squad and our privilege and, and what we have as a support. And it's like, yeah, because both my parents were fucking music teachers. Yeah. University educated, bloody like, inner western suburbs. Like fucking You Warner go Roberts. see theatre and suddenly you're in, in a different echelon. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yes, I go to the theatre. Go to yeah. the theatre. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um. So where are you from? I'm from fucking Brisbane. You can't. <laughs> uh, yeah, you can. Like sometimes for my Americans, I uh, I speak with how they expect an Aussie to sound, and they love it. Oh, truth, mate. Yeah, I go up right. at the end of every sentence. Um, you just you just have to go go a bit nasal, yeah. and you're there, right? Um, so I think I've I've actually consciously fought against that sound a bit because I hated it. Yeah. Um, but you know, people have this love. It. I fought against. I fought against. It. I fought against it. it like a terrible <laughs> book I was reading. <laughs> it was you know, terribly, terribly crass. Um, but but people seem to love mm. the Aussie accent overseas. I think you know they associate it with uh, warmth and fun and larrikin and racism. And <laughs> All our we're great starting qualities. to get that that tag it's you know, finally starting to catch it on it really is starting to stick yeah people are starting to wake not up not great yeah not great um anyway back to back to voiceovers mm. and and video games uh, we were talking about earlier so um, in our break i we, we did get chatting about this and then it was great because um mel uh took on my moniker of no save it for the podcast <laughs> and uh, so i actually played i was actually showing her some stuff from a couple of games that i really like and, uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> well, I've actually never played – no, that's a lie. I played Street Fighter once where it was just oh, pretty much yeah. bashing the controller. And one other time I played Donkey Kong and my brothers were like, uh, our two-year-old sister is better than you. Uh, so I haven't had like an extensive video game career, but just watching the bits you were showing me, it was really interesting going, thinking about what you'd have to be doing in the studio to be voicing these totally. things when they're really active. Like even um, with the stuff I'm doing now, I'm so physical. You you actually have to do the running and like it looks ridiculous. It's the same as if you're doing um, ADR for something. Mm. Uh, I can imagine it would be quite similar. I'm not sure which way, you know, you that usually usually they do the animatronics and then they'll do the voices and then they'll do the final stage. So mm. it's kind of bit by bit. Um, but I think it would be like so fun. Anyone listening who's creating video games, 
um, I'm so available, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I have quite the repertoire. Um, no, I think it would be it would be a lot of fun. But it was interesting watching and going, what would be the needs? And, and you were showing me. Um, a game with all these female characters and I was listening and I was going, that's the one woman. Yeah. She's just manipulating her voice, which I think would be another really fun thing, playing multiple characters mm. in something, especially like super kick-ass. Yeah. Um, the game was Overwatch, by the way, which was interesting because I was like, yeah, I went in and I was like, yeah, I'm going to show Mel this because there's all these fucking good voice lines and all this cool stuff. And then and then, and then, then I was going going through it without you know, being immersed in the game and just hearing it by the by as a part of the world experience in the game. When I started listening to it, um, just as a, hey, let's look at this piece of dialogue that was recorded in this context. And yeah, I, I actually, I came to the conclusion before you were like, yeah, when you when you like pulled that curtain away, I was like, <laughs> oh, I was expecting it already. Because I yeah. actually, by looking at under that stuff under a microscope, I, uh, I was like, hey, it's actually not as good as I thought. It's yeah. not as accurate as I thought. Although the one that I did, um, my uh, my boyfriend was uh, sort of made me watch part of a recording of someone playing The Last of Us, and which, which yeah. was quite like it's very cinematic. And but the voice work on that is pretty good. It's you know it's very obviously story driven, and um, watching that it would be it would be quite exciting to be voicing something like that i think mm. it was funny because i was then showing you a couple of clips from middle gear and the conversation again going back to problematic uh things uh and loving a, a piece of work so much but just having like totally seeing i mean you know i don't want to get into any detail i've actually got a podcast teed up some point in the future with a couple of people uh where we were going to go into this in depth um <laughs> but just the whole i didn't you were like i just didn't Really, I wasn't fully aware that games dealt with this stuff. No, yeah. no, like uh, hearing about what was happening in this game, and I don't want to give any spoilers away, but I was like, I didn't realize a video game could give you sort of an existential crisis about <laughs> life and who you were and what this all means and all of that kind of thing. Mm. So, um, yeah, my eyes have been opened today. Mm. It's great. I mean, it's such a great, like, there's so much content being made, and there's so much. There are so many opportunities now and in terms of being, you know, saying I'm going to give this a shot actually and this this media is actually going to be interesting and I reckon I have skills that I can apply to this media like yeah. you were saying before. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, I love anything anything that starts getting cross, cross, sorry, cross-pollination um, is exciting. Mm. So what's next? What's next? You um, probably can't talk about it. <laughs> look. Uh the possible things that might be next, I can't actually no, talk about. No, yeah. Um, and, uh, well, let's be honest, this year is starting to come to a rapid close. It has really dissipated. Mm. Um, mm. I think that is one of those getting older things that's so true where people say, like, you know, you're four and your birthday feels 10 years away and then you hit a certain age and everything is just, like, zooming by. Um, but, yeah, more... More creative things, lots more creative things. I have a, a couple of friends who I'm not a photographer at all and I'm not good at it at all and it's not about being a great photographer. There's just some um, fun ideas of things that I, I want to shoot with a friend, um, some sort of creative-ish Tim Walkery style 
opulent, ridiculous things. And um, they'll be what they'll be. Uh, but that's some things that outside the acting world that I'm I'm playing with at the moment. And um, yeah, lots of bits and pieces. I just, I'm happiest when I'm being creative and creativity begets creativity as we all know so the more you i'm i'm doing things that i love in one medium it's inspiring um thoughts for other things and i've got to be honest like as much as social media can be a horrible time suck and a you know waste of space and a horrible place for comparison and all of those kind of things that the bit that I really like about especially things like Instagram is is seeing people's work and the ideas that it spikes like I follow a lot of artists that's what kind of um makes me enjoy anything Instagram-ish experience um to be able to yeah it's it it's really the ideas that I enjoy inside that so you know I'm not I don't do Snapchat and I'm on Facebook but I, I use you're I'm so much more interested irregularly in the, in on the, Facebook. Your pardon? <laughs> You're so irregularly on yes, Facebook. Yes, yes, I'm now, now and again. Um, but I think the the visual medium of Instagram and what can be shared and the and seeing someone's aesthetic is something that I really enjoy and how they cultivate what I'd call the the pod. And how they put all that together as well, I enjoy. So there's things about, you know, beauty and ugliness and um, ideas and opinions and things shown through the visual medium that I really enjoy about it. Um, There's lots of terrible things about social media, but I won't get into that. Mm. Um, So, yeah, just just staying creative. And it's interesting. I I was talking to someone and they were like, oh, you've been so busy. When are you going to have a break? And, yeah, (laughs) yeah, I want to. I want to break, but when you do what you love, you don't really want to stop it. No. You don't really want to go, oh, now I need a holiday from this because it's it's part of what, you know, fires your life force. Um, and when, th- yeah. when, you, when you think, you know, most of our life is working and sleeping, that is most of our life, mm. you may as well be doing something you want to be doing. That's such a great way to cap it off yeah marvelous wrap this up thanks for coming <laughs> thanks for having me yeah all right um where can i mean you know do you do you tweet i guess you instagram a bit i instagram a little look even then i am judicious with the amount i do i'm much more of a lurker um and usually it's <laughs> like posting photos that obviously other people have made of you doing something yeah which is clearly, that's usually yeah. it it's yeah. rarely <laughs> it's rarely my own work um occasionally it is i i've actually there's a few i have of me um in a bath with flowers. They're actually my own shots. Yeah. Um, cool. My eyes are closed and I'm in water. That is hard to take on a, on a camera and not drop it in the bath. Um, but, they, yeah, there's a few there that are mine. Um, but mostly there are other um, much better photographers taking pictures of things that I've been doing creatively or just for fun, which is something that's, um, you know, so incredible about the photographic medium is that it's so instant. Um, the thing you were saying before about like taking a break, like, and I know that we've actually wrapped up and then we've kept talking, you know, that never happens on a podcast, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but that's the same thing with me. I feel it's like, no, I do need, I do need just a break from looking at weddings. Yeah. Um, because if I don't, then I'll start hating weddings and totally. that would be the worst. Cause I don't actually want to do that. I don't want to start hating weddings. Um, 
but I never stop seeing. And I think that if you're inhabiting this world of primarily what you're doing in terms of your money and your career, um, if you can still find that and go and just shoot something else. Totally. Or, you know, you could start a podcast. I could with all of that time I have. So much free time. Um, But it's funny, the busier you are, the more you fit in. Always. Hey, thanks for coming, dude. Thanks for having me.